Hey, Starks here. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Wherever you may be in the fantasy world, welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. We're dynasty-driven, and we're joined by Paul's Podcast Network, and now we're uh, actually collaborating with the Fantasy Pros. We updated our rankings on the, our website as well as Fantasy Pros, so check that out. Continue to read our content on the fantasyunicorns.com. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star rating and write a two- to three-word review for our podcast. Unicorn listeners, continue to spread the good word. Um, Kevin, again, is going to be on a, a brief absence. So it's going to be, as uh, Doc would say, hustle and flow tonight. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball to Doc there. All right. Like Stark said, this is Jay, a.k.a. Doc. Follow me on Twitter at Fantasy NBA Layup. Uh, ask me anything and I'm likely to respond. Uh, I have a new article coming out soon about seven rookies I'm trying to acquire in my dynasty leagues before they truly break out. Um, so look out for that. Uh, coming at you with a quickness pretty soon, probably uh, sometime in the next couple of days. Uh, might touch on it again a bit later if we have time. But with that being said, uh, I'll pass the ball back to you because I'm fiending for some fantasy talk. Awesome. Awesome. So with that being said, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. And uh, before I get further, because I may forget, apologize to the, the, our sidekick or at least my sidekick there, uh, Pat. I'll be looking for you here soon. So, you know, just to touch up on a couple episodes, but just shout out to you, brother. So we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, so actually, you know, before we were kind of bombarded with a lot of news, um, actually, we, we continue to be bombarded with news. DSJ uh, popped up uh, on our uh, list here, recent news and actually uh, including the weekend news. So the rumor that has been kind of circulating for the time being is actually starting to formulate into a true statement. And it looks like he may possibly get traded. And I know um, Orlando has been in talks um, and as well as the Phoenix Suns are trying to pry away DSJ. That doesn't necessarily mean that he'll go to any of those two destinations, but I know that uh, they've been dialing the phones up there to try to reach out to him and, you know, this is an interesting situation that has formulated and it just kind of depends on where he lands. Uh, his fantasy vial will take a different change, can either dip or it can go up. So, you know, without actually before I jump into it, Doc, I'm going to pass the ball and, you know, I want you to at least touch up on your thoughts on that and, you know, where could he land and, you know, what's your value take on him? <clears throat> uh, yeah, this would be exciting for Orlando or Phoenix if that's one of his two uh, – if that's one of the two places he goes to, you know, uh, in my opinion, as exciting as it would be to see DSJ combined with Booker and Aiton, I'd probably rather him. Uh, I'd probably rather see him go to Orlando because uh, DeAnthony Melton has kind of earned minutes for for the Suns, and he's kind of fun to watch. But plus, could you imagine DSJ and Gordon and Aaron Gordon uh, together for the Magic? I mean, it would be like an every night dunk contest over there. Oh, right. um, it would be nice. Yeah, I mean, either way, it's good news for my guy Jalen Brunson, who I'll probably touch on a, a bit later. Um, and with the way DSJ has been struggling this year, it couldn't hurt his value at least to, to, to you know, get a change of destination. So we'd have to cross our fingers in hopes that uh, it, it, it would help him take a, a jump in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also let me touch up a little bit more on it like that. And, and, I, and I can see your point as far as Orlando goes. It seems like it would be a more of an opportunity. Um, one thing I do look at Phoenix is they're a fast-paced offense. So, obviously, he would be like a, a third banana on the team, you know, obviously with Booker and, um, you know, Aiton there. But, I, you know, with that speed there, I think he would still have a, a decent, solid opportunity to start and, and still perform there. Um, I know he 
he's a little bit upset. You know, I wouldn't say he's upset at Luka Dantich. I'm not saying that, but the type of year he's DSJ is having this year, I think at this point he's looking to kind of prove or if he does eventually get moved, and I think he's going to go back and try to prove Dallas wrong that they made a bad decision. So I think for me, whatever team that he goes on, he's going to do his best to push himself even harder in the gym, um, you know, take all the shots he needs to and, and work on everything he needs to to get as a better player. Because I know that, you know, when he came out in the rookie year, we were expecting things, at least I was from him. And he's still a player for me in a dynasty uh, league that I want to hold on to. Um, and if I can buy low still on the situation now, it might be a little different how GMs look at it, you know, in general. But I think he's a player that I'd still like to have. But I can agree with you also that Orlando would be a nice show with him and Aaron Gordon with the dunking contest and stuff of that nature. Because, I mean, they actually need like a hybrid guard there and he would be a good fit there, too. So with that being said, we're going to jump into another, you know, big news and this is not even weekend news like we we actually thought we were going to touch on mom. We still will. But, you know, this came out today. Clint Compella is out for four to six weeks. And that's a big that's a big hurt um, in Houston. I mean, obviously, you know, we just had Chris Paul hurt there. And, uh, you know, to see Clint Compella to be out there for, you know, out for four to six weeks with this injury. You know, who do you think is going to uh, who's going to get a boost in value in Houston with this injury there, Doc? Yeah, it's a tough blow for the Rockets because they obviously they don't have another great option at center. Um, mm-hmm. I could see several things happening here. Uh, first, I wouldn't be surprised if they traded for a guy like Dwayne Deadman um, or maybe Robin Lopez, as uh, Kevin mentioned earlier when we were talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. The fact that, but the fact that that Deadman spaces the floor well now uh, only helps what Houston likes to do. You know, maybe they could also squeeze a wing like uh, in some kind of deal too. But um, uh, I came up with a trade that would actually work financially too. Uh, it would be the Rockets would get Deadman and and Kent Bazemore, while the okay. Hawks would get Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and Nene and a first round pick. Um, you know, Houston bolters their front court and their wing without giving up any real rotational pieces. Um, but anyway, I, I digress. I, I could also see them going super small <clears throat> for longer stretches. You know, with the, with what they have now, playing PJ Tucker at center again. Uh, and lastly, there there might be a collective effort between Marquise Chris and Nene and maybe Hartenstein to pick up more minutes. I know they all kind of see him playing time tonight while uh, while the game's going on while we're potting. So it'll, it'll probably be a combination of those last two things for now. Uh, I don't see a clear pickup here in fantasy outside of like real deep leagues. Uh, just keep an mm-hmm. eye on the younger guys, meaning, you know, Marquise Chris and maybe Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah. And, you know, with that being said, you know, that's that's pretty good to to kind of look at that. And then did, was that the trade machine that you used to custom bringing in every once in a while on the show? Was that what that was? Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, that's sweet, man. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good trade uh, machine that you pull out there. That's also a good thing to kind of gauge on and how players can be moved and swapped around. No, you know, my thought on it, as far as the value goes, I mean, Nene, I'm going to be honest, if you're in a deep league, just stream him. Don't expect him to be a rest of the season type of player or even a dynasty type of player. You know, they're just trying to fill the gap. And I mean, kind of like what you said, Tucker, make it, he may even play center minutes there. And, you know, it's just going to be a collective effort, I would say, for the time being. But hopefully they do make a move to get like a big man there. So this is going to actually start on the weekend news with all these big news that's came out here recently. Um, one of the big news that came out here in the weekend was uh, Canner. And I mean, you know, Canner Burgers has been co- coming out here 
And, uh, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to call him the Hamburglar or if I wanted to call him uh, Wimpy <laughs> from Popeye. So a lot of things kind of went in my, my mind. But So I'm just going to stick with Wimpy. <laughs> so over the weekend, he ate seven burgers at one time. And, uh, you know, he was supposed to play over the weekend. And, I mean, he got sick, obviously. He tried to eat seven burgers. And <laughs> he ended up missing games because of his, his ignorance and being silly and this happening. And I know there's been rumors that's kind of been said that he might be going to the Kings or any, something like that. Yep. Or he could he be getting moved in general? I mean, what's your thoughts on him eating seven burgers? And, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what do you think his value is moving forward? You know, <clears throat> this is funny because I mentioned – my Stephen Adams story before when I was a chef at a restaurant in New Orleans and Stephen Adams and Nick Collison came through, you know, Collison was a little more uh, reserved, I guess, and actually had a nice conversation with me when he saw my Sonics hat. But Stephen Adams was there for one thing, man, dude, dude had had three huge double burgers and two or three orders of fries. You know, th these dudes have a giant appetite, especially the seven footers. But man, seven burgers <laughs> is on a whole other level. That's <laughs> a whole other level. I, I think, in addition to being sick from eating so much, he he might have had a case of the trade itis. You know, maybe that trade, <laughs> yeah. maybe that trade itis is the whole reason he he did that to himself. Uh, I don't know, but maybe you know, it, he can't be happy about what Fisdale did to his rotation spot. You know, once Mitch Robinson returns <clears throat> back to full health, it. it It'll be interesting to see what kind of playing time Cantor will get. But I'd be worried about his relevancy in standard size leagues at this point. You know, <clears throat> with with the Knicks going kind of young and developing their young guys like Mitchell Robinson and Unicorn Net, uh, it kind of leaves Ennis <laughs> Cantor out. But we'll just have to see what, what happens once Mitchell Robinson returns and if they want to trade him or not. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean – Actually, a hundred percent agree with you as far as Cantor goes. I mean, the rest of the season value. If he was to stay with the Nick Knicks, I mean, their their season is looking in shambles right now. So you're going. It's more likely you bringing the the younger players out to perform and to see what they have there. Obviously, their um, rotation is already a mess. But I I think at this point you would think Fizdale to at least to be a little bit wiser than what he's doing now. Um, but you know, him going to a different team. Will put implications on his fantasy, you know, value. Hopefully, he goes to a, a right team in a right situation. But let's just say hypothetically, he went to the Kings. That's just good. That's just it. Only only makes sense if he did because they already have so many big men there <laughs> that can't find minutes. So I can see him going there just to join the party of yep. the big man. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, with that being said, you know, in a dynasty league, since we're dynasty driven, man, you got to hold on to him and just hope for the best. And uh, the next person that we want to bring up of the weekend news is the double overtime game of Washington. It was uh, Bradley Bill. Man, he had 54 minutes in that double overtime game. And it's, and it's sad they lost to Toronto 140 to 138. He dropped 43 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists, two blocks, three steals. And, man, his six three-pointers. So, I mean, he, he had an explosive game. And I, and I believe a GM had reached out to me and was like, hey, hey, Starks, man, he's going to be like a top 15 and I was like, I, I don't know about that, man. But then, you know, now that I'm starting to see things, I mean, I can I can kind of say I'm starting to believe that he could be a, a top 15 type player the rest of the season, um, you know, with uh, Washington, why, the, why they're looking this year. So, you know, with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball to Doc. What's your thoughts on him and his dynasty outlook in that game? Man? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think he he can might maybe uh, be a top 15 guy this year. You know, Bradley Beal is showing why he's the man without John Wall. 
you know, hell, he, he should be the man even with John Wall there. But, he, you know, he should be around a top 15 player, in my opinion, with a super high usage uh, oh, yeah. season. Uh, I just worry about Washington pulling the plug on the season. You know, mm-hmm. I know that doesn't sound like something their GM would do, but, man, that their season was a wash since the first month, it seemed like. But yeah, uh, as long as Beal stays in the game with huge minutes, he's one of the best players you can own, especially in head-to-head leagues because – Washington has the best fantasy playoff schedule of any team. So uh, I'd be holding him, but I'd also be grinding my teeth the whole time, hoping that Ernie Grunfeld doesn't flip that switch on the season. You know, if you can get another, you know, consensus top 15 player for him, I'd take a long look and think about it. It's tough because, because of the playoff schedule I mentioned, you just, you just have to weigh the risk and rewards and see if there's a trade that can actually better your team if it involves dealing Beal away. Oh yeah, and I and I can actually absolutely agree with that. That makes sense. I mean, if you can kind of finagle him and and, and finesse him to get maybe even a top fifteen player back, because I mean, just like you said, the playoffs. I mean, their team, their their schedule playoffs looks good in fantasy, but at the same time, they could pull the plug on him, and you know that would obviously put uh, an implication on yourself as a GM, and it could hurt you. But at least in a dynasty league, you know, you got that's a player. Um, we're gonna actually, you know, think about putting his ranking higher in the dynasty league. I mean, he's a great player and uh, you know, he's proven. And I know um, I believe Kevin had thought maybe he, he reached his, his ceiling, but to be honest with you, if wall somehow it just, I just, for me, I have a weird feeling wall might eventually move, you know, mm-hmm. at a Washington. And if that's the case and, and Bill is still there, I think his ceiling is not even reached. I think he has a little bit more in him, um, a little bit more upside per se for him. So we're going to move right along. And it's one of my guys here, Donovan Mitchell. You know, he's actually struggled here this season. And I can understand. And I'll take the flack for that. If if I was wrong on some players, which I do, I could be wrong in occasion too. I was wrong about Donovan Mitchell. Now, I'll say this. I didn't think he's going to be a top 15 player coming out of the draft, which he was ranked in Yahoo this year. Crazy. You know, he was more for me like a top 30-ish player. Um, but he can still bring it back home sometime this season. But anyways, you know, he actually strung uh, along some strong games here recently, you know, dropping 30-plus points the last couple games and or actually the last three games. And that's something I'm paying attention to. Hopefully he's got his groove back and the wheels rolling. So in the Dynasty League, you know, he's definitely a player that I like to have on my team. If you were able to buy low on him, congratulations. But if you have him and you're, you're an impatient uh, GM that has him, I would say please just – you know, put some calls to pause and just hope that for you as a GM that he'll do solid moving forward. So with that being said, I'm going to pass the ball to Doc and his thoughts and his dynasty outlook as well. Yeah, he, like you said, he seems to be kind of coming on and finding his niche lately. Uh, it's no secret he's in a sophomore slump, but he, he's been a top 20 player over the last two weeks, actually. And uh, I don't expect him to stay that high, but he should at mm-hmm. least work his way up from the depths of the 70s where he's been so far. <clears throat> you know, I, I noticed Quinn Snyder started him at point guard, and I think that's a great move for his fantasy value and maybe even his real-life value. You know, get the ball in his hands as much as possible, run pick-and-rolls with Gobert, drive and kick out to one of your shooters on the team. You know, if he can get if he can get his assists up, it'll go a long way to helping him uh, as a fantasy asset because I, I see him as a player who might – always kind of struggle with efficiency issues, especially field goal percentage, because, you know, that happens when you're the number one option on a team. But he he, he might not consistently get all the way up to the value which should correlate to where you drafted him, 
because I've seen him go go early to mid second round in a lot of drafts this year. So it, it it'll be a tall task for him to get that kind of value. But if if he can work his way up to top forty rest of the season, it won't be a total wash. In a, in a redraft league, I'd try to sell relatively high on him after this hot streak, actually, just in case his sophomore slump comes back. But mm-hmm. in dynasty leagues, I would actually wait to see if his if his his struggles uh, continue for a couple more games, mm-hmm. and see and send out some buy low offers if you're not the owner of them. You know, <clears throat> I'm interested to see what you think. Are you trying to buy him or sell him or what? I'm trying to buy him. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to buy him low. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I can understand your standpoint, like kind of see what he's about, like stringing a couple more games and see how he could be because he's been inconsistent this year. That's there's no denying that, man. Yeah. Yeah. But- so but yeah, I was just going to say we're going to go ahead and jump into uh, another guy here in the recent news this weekend. And, and it's good to see uh, Tareem Prince come back. And, uh, you know, I want to pass the ball to you and what's your thoughts on him and Dynasty and you know what's it gonna what's what's it gonna be for him the rest of the season this year in Atlanta? Yeah, if I can go off on a little tangent real quick, you know Prince is a guy who uh, for for the last couple seasons <clears throat> should should have been a steal, but he yeah. hovered barely around top one hundred in that time span, and, and I don't see him, I don't see that getting any better. Okay, I, I'd be trying to sell him right now, or maybe see if if he can string together a couple of good games and then try, and mm-hmm. and I'll tell you why I'm trying to get rid of him because. I know I've briefly mentioned this before, but I want to go over it again. You know, first off, we all know Kevin Werder is another top 100 type wing player at the worst, you know, with the upside mm-hmm. for much better. But, you know, p- plus DeAndre Bembry's there and has his niche. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the combination of John Collins and Omari Spellman should be holding down the power forward positions, uh, especially mm-hmm. while there's still centers in Atlanta like Deadman and Lynn. But, you know, that's plenty of players to be competing for minutes with. Uh, well, you know, that being said, he should still see a decent amount of small forward minutes, at least for now. But, but the thing is, we all know the Hawks should have a rather high lottery pick this summer. And if they don't get the first overall pick and draft Zion, then there's a very high chance that it'll be another wing forward type player just like himself that they'll be drafting. The difference is this rookie that they'll be taking will come in with high lottery pedigree and basically – immediately demand big minutes right off the bat for this rebuilding team, whether it be R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish or whoever. E- even if Zion himself might steal some minutes from Prince, it, it, it just to me it can be any of them. Either way, Prince's minutes might take a slight hit, and his role and usage will all take a hit too. But anyway, this is all speculation. But you can see where I'm coming from. Worried. But as far as this season goes, Prince should finish right around where he's been for like a year and a half now, right around the end of that top 100. Maybe he can wiggle into a, a spot closer to top 85-ish, but but I don't see him getting anywhere beyond that with the usage monster that is Trey Young, as well as promising developmental pieces like Herter and Collins there too. Yeah, that's understandable. I'm, I'm a little bit opposite of you this, but I mean, I can definitely understand your standpoint on that. Um, I still believe in Tareem Prince, and I, I do understand as well that Bembry and, yeah, obviously Huerta, and I'm actually I'm going to go on a rant too about Huerta here in a minute. Um, but as far as Tareem Prince goes, I still believe he can actually be, maybe not this year, but at least in my mentality, he can still be a top 80 to top 60 type player in the Dynasty League. So in his situation that he has been struggling this year, he, for me he's a buy-low uh, candidate, but I can, under, I can understand your um, – 
your thought process on that. But let me go on this little tangent as you had one earlier about Huerta. You know, there was an expert that actually came came against me on this. And um, it wasn't, I wouldn't say he was against me on this, but it was just like, well, it was, it was Huerta. He's been like, he hasn't been doing nothing the last couple of weeks. And like, he's like top 200. Now, this is what I'm going to say. You got to take the analytical part and stats out of the equation sometimes. You can't, most of the time you do. I'm not going to ever say go away from the stats and analytical information. You do got to stand by that. But at the same time, there's certain players that you can't always hold that uh, string or puppet against. And this is where to right here that I have to say. And actually, it's funny because the last game that he had when he dropped 29, 3 and 3, <laughs> before I, I even, be, actually, before he even had that game, I said, I, I don't know if, if it was a tweet. Um, I can't remember. I was like, I don't know why he was under owned like he was like 76 yeah. percent available and yahoo was like why is that even possible and that's when one of the experts came and was like you know i'm not surprised you know, so and so but it wasn't like he was against me because he still you know wrote on him about it but at the same time as soon as i mentioned that like the same day as when he dropped the points here and for me you even for redraft leagues if you have a solid team and you're in the top what six top four however your playoffs are set if you have the opportunity to take a flyer on a high upside player or even a mid upside player you go for it because you don't know what type of stats that they can string along and get strong at the end of the season this happens a lot and not often well let me put let me go back in reverse it doesn't happen often but if you can get one of those upside type of players like him and he can be strong at the end of the season that's a game winning championship winning type player and you know i like what he what i'm seeing out there and i mean you know doc can attest and kevin can attest to this dude so huerta in a dynasty league i I want my hands on him and i'm sure the unicorns are probably the same on that you know moving forward i mean i mean what's your thoughts you you like him in a dynasty uh league too uh, yeah yeah he's one of my guys i think he'll be actually he's one of the guys i wrote about in my article that's coming out about seven rookies i'm trying to acquire before it's too late you know, I think mm-hmm. I think he's gonna he's got the image of a, a nothing but more than a three point sniper, kind of like Joe Harris was. But he's gonna be so much more than that. You know, he's a lot more athletic than people give him credit for, and he's gonna give you more assists than you think too. But and, you know, I, I wanted to say that I noticed um, that Twitter conversation between you and uh, I don't I don't even remember the guy's name, but. I did notice that, and then I was sitting in my bed that same night checking the box scores because the Hawks wasn't one of the games that I watched that night, and uh, <laughs> I noticed uh, what what Herder did that night, and I was like, wow. I just kind of laughed to myself, like, you know, it's ironic. It would be tonight that he that he goes off after uh, that, that short conversation that Starks had today. Yeah, so that actually segues well to obviously good to your article, man. I'm glad that you touched up on it. Like, you know, I know Doc is going to probably talk about it a little bit, you know, during the show, but you guys got to make sure that you read Doc's articles. This is, I can, I can attest to this. His articles is great, man. You know, check out his punting stats or his punting articles and, and as well as like this upcoming article that he's working on. So, you know, with that being said, we're going to jump into the next player here. Um, it's Kyle Anderson, another injury, man. It sucks. Um, he's expected to miss two to four weeks off a, a left ankle sprain, a grade two sprain. And, uh, you know, let me pass the ball to you, Doc, you know, who do you think is going to provide value in Memphis, you know, with this injury and being out, man? Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough break for Anderson because, uh, uh, you know, he, he was a top 70-ish player providing some specific sought-after stats so far. You know, it looks like he'll be out two to four weeks. You know, to me, he's 
he's right on that bubble of players you should you should try to hold if you can. Absolutely must hold. You know, if you're not in a comfortable lead or on the top of your league, maybe you maybe you have to cut bait for a player that'll con- contribute now. Um, Garrett Temple should continue seeing big minutes, maybe even a few more now. Uh, then there's Justin Holiday, who Memphis obviously uh, recently traded for. I, I see him stepping into most of Anderson's role uh, with another combination of uh, Omri Caspi and maybe Shelvin Mack seeing some more run here. But, you know, now I, w- I wouldn't pick up either one of those last two guys, but I'd, I'd consider Justin Holiday and, and also keep an eye on Temple because he had a decent standard uh, league run earlier in the season and just kind of fell off lately. But uh, no, nothing more than Justin Holiday and maybe Garrett Temple for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can uh, pretty much attest to that and agree with you. I mean, I don't got nothing else really more to say. But if you do have Kyle Anderson and you can afford the hit of him being out, you know, that long, then do the best you can to be patient with him because he was starting to string some solid games for you. So, you know, we're going to jump into the last person here for the weekend news. And, um, you know, it was uh, J.J. Brer. And one of my friends calls him Baby J. I don't know if you guys are familiar with UFC. It's like B.J. Penn. Yeah. So I don't know. For some reason, he always calls him that. So um, he's actually out with a torn Achilles. And I'm assuming he's out for the rest of the season. Is that correct, Doc? Yeah, it seems, seems to be that way. Okay. So this I'm going to pass the ball to you because I know one of your guys – is going to have the tremendous opportunity there to, to gain value. And, uh, you know, who would that be for you, man? Yeah, one of the guys I actually mentioned earlier when we were talking about DSJ is uh, Jalen Brunson. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is a tough break for the ageless wonder that is Jose Juan Barea. But now he may he may have not been a, a, a standard league relevant guy anyway earlier this season, but I'm going to make lemonade here anyway because my guy, that, that's my guy, <laughs> Jalen Brunson. So, He's actually one of the rookies I wrote about in my upcoming article show. So um, he, he should see more run with a bit more usage. Uh, Coach Carlisle already came out and said they're not looking to add another guard. So that's that's definitely a good sign already. You know, to me, Brunson was one of the steals of the draft. He, he's a player that, that some even said had a lottery-level talent, and the Mavs managed to snag him at the beginning of the second round. Uh, he came from a great developmental program at Villanova, um, where I might add he had three teammates that were drafted as well, and Mikhail Bridges, Omari Spellman, and Dante DiVincenzo all came out of the same school in the same year. So he, he knows how to win. He's more, he's more experienced and a slightly older rookie. So the fact that DSJ just can't get right this year and he's out again and maybe being traded only helps Brunson's case. I'd be trying to grab him in – you know, deeper, deeper league, 16 team redraft leagues and on, maybe even 14 teamers as well. 12 teamers can just kind of keep an eye on him. And, and in dynasty, he should probably be owned already. I know I have a lot of shares of him in my leagues. Um, but if not this year, then definitely next year will be Brunson's year. But I, I think we'll see, we'll definitely start seeing some more Brunson on the court. Um, Brunson is definitely the primary beneficiary here while, while also, we might see a little bit more Luca at point guard, which should open a bigger door for guys like Kleber and Finney Smith. You know, Kleber might even find himself on the brim of standard league radars. So just keep an eye on Brunson and Kleber, especially because Dallas doesn't seem to have an absolutely, uh, uh, doesn't seem keen on absolutely having to keep DSJ around now, obviously. Damn, thanks for dunking that home, Doc. You hit on all points and all cylinders. <laughs> Nothing else to really say on that. So, yeah, I mean, one thing I will say, though, is uh, 
you know, us unicorns, we actually secretly learned a lot from each other. Uh, we may not display it and tell each other that, but at least I'll share to the to the listeners that I did actually learn uh, from Doc himself about Brunson a little bit earlier. So he's definitely a player that you want to touch up on if you got an opportunity. So I actually got another listener question. I'll go ahead and throw it on this podcast real quick. Um, he asked me, uh, is this worth a number two or is Derek White worth a number two waiver? quickly i'm just going to say yes i mean what is your thought doc is it worth a number two waiver for you yeah yeah he definitely is for me too i agree yeah there's nothing more to say yeah if you if you have the opportunity to get Derek white he is the player to get he's a top 80 75 or better the rest of the season um so so we're going to jump into the section that is going to be i honestly feel like this is going to be one of those um sections that there's going to be more podcast episodes and i mean honestly it might be uh, and I wouldn't even say annoying to the to the ears of listeners because Luka Dantich is going to be that player that everybody loves. And if you don't like Luka Dantich, I don't I don't know if I know anybody that doesn't like him. But if you don't like him, I want to know who you are. Right. I mean, <laughs> that would be really interesting. So, you know, with that being said, we'll go ahead and jump right into it. Um, so Luka Dantich and, you know, we got tweets about it today. You know, me and Doc was talking with some listeners and uh, some readers to our stuff. So what's his, uh, you know, dynasty? Uh, dynasty. Where does he actually get drafted in the dynasty league? Uh, what, what do you think he goes in the dynasty league if he was drafted today in the dynasty league? There. Yeah, like you said, I know we were talking about this with some followers on Twitter earlier today, and like we agreed, I think the hype train is really real, and mm-hmm. and for good reason. Obviously, I see him yeah. as a top five pick in a lot of new dynasty leagues next year. Definitely no later than top ten in almost any league. Oof, man, that you say, man, that's aggressive. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could see him go a top five, but for me, <laughs> I, I, it's hard for me to pay that much. But I can understand this is a type of player, like you were saying, the the spice is real. And uh, oh, man, I don't know if I want to ride on that. I'll ride on the train, but it depends on what stop I'm taking on the train. So for me, um, for me, I, I would think between a 10 to 15 range for me, but it just, it yeah. really depends on what players fall. And at the same time, I'm, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I'm against picking him in top five. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that's too rich for me. And, 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 and it might come down to, to your, you know, your fantasy strategy and the way you like to play your fantasy, but I know you and Kevin like to, y'all, y'all are the win now types, you know, and there's, <laughs> that's the, and the, there's another half of the, you know, dynasty players out there that <laughs> like to, prefer to take younger guys with high upside so you know in a dynasty league it comes down to you want to win now and take a a older guy like like a james harden you know durant something like that or do you want to take a younger guy that has a chance to blossom into something like that and have him for a lot more years you know it it, it's it all comes down to your play style and what what you have the most fun with yeah that's absolutely true doc it it really depends on the style and if you are like you say, you you highlighted on something good. If you if you're a person that is trying to play both fences, I mean he's the he's the perfect player. Yeah, he's the perfect player to have. So in a redraft, like if a redraft started today, where do you think he goes today? Uh, redraft is a little trickier. I think the sauce is yeah. so thick. You know that that Luca, <laughs> that Luca sauce is so rich and flavorful that uh, <laughs> yeah. he he might be too enticing for even some redraft leaguers to pass up in the first round. I I, I don't know. I, I, if I if I would I don't know if I would take him that high on redraft leagues. You know we'll have to see how he finishes this year out. But I I also wouldn't let him slip out of the second round though. You know I, okay. I, I'd be comfortable taking him in the second round. 
Okay. All right. That we we could agree on. That. Yeah, we we touched base and agree on it. Because I, matter of fact, you know, I wish um, Pat was on this episode because I actually spoke to him finally. You know, the 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 person actually the unicorn that has the beautiful art for the unicorns. Um, you know, we appreciate your work, Pat. So we wanted to say that we appreciate you. Um, man, we had a, actually a talk about this like weeks ago because this is like a podcast. I want to at least. You or have Kevin, honestly, the, the Fantastic Three would have been a perfect uh, situation <laughs> for us to talk about this. But, you know, that's fine. At least me and you are on for now. Um, but, man, I know me and Pat were talking about this This hype train on him is so real. It almost, it almost feels like a Donovan Mitchell. I'm not saying he's going to be that player. So I want to put the cause of pause and listen because I'm not saying he's going to be that player. But there's still a chance that he could – struggle next year in a sophomore slump i'm not saying he will because i don't think he is but i agree with you doc in the redraft league i would be more safer to pick pick him in like the second round somewhere i can't i can't for me i can't pick him in the first round in a redraft league yeah. dynasty league that's a little different yeah I, I was just saying i know there's a lot of gms out there where you know they're riding that train hard and they, they'll probably take him in a, in the first round even in a redraft but i'm with you i, I wouldn't do it in a but, yeah, well, I think we agree that, you know, maybe we'd be more comfortable in the second round. Awesome. So, my question is to you for this year, where does he finish at the rest of the season this year for you, Doc? Uh, this year, let's see. Uh, he, Luke is sitting right around top 85-ish on the season right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think he – I think that climbs higher, especially if he's forced to play more point guard now. I could see him finishing around top 60 this year, maybe top 50 – I, w- I wouldn't go any higher than 50 this year just because he's, you know, he's down in the mid-80s right now. But, you know, I'd be comfortable saying top 60. Ooh, I, I like I like the I like the, 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 the wise wisdom that you have. I was really hoping to test you on this. Man. <laughs> I wanted – I really wanted to see if you were one of them. Jens would be like, hey, man, I think he might finish like top 20-ish <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, so I was waiting for that. No, so no. no I, I, <laughs> so, no, you, you're, you're testing. You got great skills, man, and, and I respect it. Because <laughs> for me, I um, rest the season, because, you know, this is a good segue. We have our rest of the season rankings, so you guys can check the Unicorns rankings the rest of the season. For me, I agree with you, Doc. I'm here to say, like, I'm around the 55 to 60th range. He could finish top 50. And then, obviously, with the – the, the baby J, J.J. Barrera injury, and then obviously with this DSJ situation going on, it could even climb higher than what we think because of the injury. But I would think the safe side would say between like 50 to 60. I'm fine with that. Yeah. So, so next year, this is another one right here. <clears throat> Where do you think he finishes next year there, Doc? Yeah, like you're saying, uh, the sophomore slump is a real factor for most players. You know, just ask Donovan Mitchell, like we mentioned. But uh, – <laughs> I think it's I think it's less of a worry with uh, with Luca just because he didn't come from college like a lot of these other guys. You know, he came from a, another very competitive professional league where he played against grown men and was MVP. I might add. So in most in most leagues where he where he came from, players as young as Doncic don't usually get to play big minutes. You know, um, that's why foreign prospects are usually considered high risk, high reward draft selections. But Luca was different. You know, he, he was too good to keep off the court. That's why I think, that's why I think the sophomore slump won't be as much of a factor with him. Uh, I'd be more comfortable with him than a lot more other um, prospects who came from, you know, college around here. But anyway, I, I see him, I see him finishing as a top, 
oh, this is tough, man. Top <laughs> 30 to 40 player next season with obvious upside for even more than that, I'll say. Okay, I like it. For me, I have him next year as a top 25, 30-ish type player next year um, just because of the, the situation that's at hand right now. And your rankings, and both of our rankings may even change, you know, as time progresses on. And honestly, that's the beautiful thing about rankings. They can change on a dime on each day. Uh, so make sure you listeners and readers to still check up on our articles because we, I see we were updating our rankings like every other day or, you know, it's, it's being updated consistently. So yeah. for me, I think uh, next year he finishes top 25, 30 ish. Uh, and one thing that, that sticks out to me is man, to see a player do the, he's, he's doing the step backs like James Harden, mm-hmm. man. I, I am just, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. Bro. Yep. I, 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 it, it, it's, it's outrageous. And then obviously, as you know, I remember you asking, like, guys, did you see that shot he took? Like, I, I didn't even see it. Oh, I did see it. Like, guys, did he really take that right. shot? He, he's, a, he's an amazing guy, yeah, man. And, so, go ahead. And, and one more thing about, uh, you know, where he might finish next year. We have to remember the Mavericks probably won't have their first-round pick this in this draft. and they, I mean, they almost definitely won't. They only get to keep it if it's if it lands one through five, and it probably won't land there. So, But, but uh, that being said, Dallas is considered one of the very few um, big free agent destinations to go this summer. So maybe we'll see a big name like, dare I say, Kevin Durant or, mm. uh, you know, Kemba Walker or somebody like that go there. So I'd be worried if a superstar like that does end up there that his usage might drop. But if, if, if a big star doesn't go there, then it's the Lucas show all over again, you know, because they don't have that, that first-round pick. Oh, yeah, brother. Oh, yeah. So, I, oh, man, the Lucas show is real. So, <laughs> I see Doc snuck in this question in there. I didn't, I didn't realize, but this is good. What's uh, Lucas ceiling for his career, Doc? Yeah. Uh, the biggest question mark with Doncic has always been his athleticism. Yeah. You know, how some experts had him pegged as somewhat of a bust because of that factor. <clears throat> but uh, I can point to some of the opposite cases of athletic freaks. Who, who didn't pan out, you know, like Marquise Chris, Anthony Bennett. Yeah. And, and the jury's still out on Josh Jackson, but it's not looking good for him right now. <laughs> and Josh Jackson gets a mention in another podcast. Um, uh, every podcast. Okay, <laughs> uh, that being said, you know, every year that passes is another year of conditioning training for Luca. You know, another year he has a chance to get better in that aspect of his game, regardless of what happens there. He's a future MVP candidate for me, and I see him as a future perennial top three to five fantasy pick, actually. You know, once once he starts becoming more accustomed to the league and, and starts getting towards his prime a little bit more, I see him as a top three to five fantasy pick, man. Oh, yeah, I I agree. I, I, I felt like he's like a top five player ceiling. Yeah. Yeah, he could be better than that, obviously. I mean, yeah. this rookie year, what he's doing, it's it's – it's undeniable, like it's it's amazing. So let me just put you on the spot, real quick, real uh, right here. Would you would you take Embiid or uh, would you take him in the Dynasty League today? Oh man, <laughs> Embiid. So if we were drafting in Dynasty today, would I take yeah. Embiid or Luca? Yep. I think, man. I think, I think I'm gonna drink the sauce, dude. I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go with Luca just because. I mean, man, I don't know because Embiid. Has really shown out now, but the injury <laughs> risk there, 
So I think I'm gonna go Luca, and if if it starts off, I mean, if it ends up going a little slower than I want to, I could always trade him for Big Tuck anyway. Ooh, okay, okay. Hey, well, you 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 fix yourself a little bit for me, man. It's <laughs> gosh, man. Um, it's gonna really depend for me. I, I'm almost in the sauce too. And for me, if I there there's certain as you know, like there's certain players that maybe I can sell a little bit higher on, and hopefully, you know. I guess you could say maybe take someone for a ride, but I really would try to see what his the finish this what the season outlook would be. But if you ask me on the spot, like I put you on the spot there, I think honestly, to be honest with you, man, I I might be looking looking it up too, man. <laughs> I really might be, you know what I'm saying? And and obviously, no Embiid is having a great year, but gosh, I might be in that sauce maybe too. Um, so there's your, your – this is for the listeners and then obviously for the readers. You guys got your Luka, and I'm sure there's going to be more podcasts about yeah. him. So we're going to jump into Section 3 here, um, is Unicorn Court. And uh, for me, you know, the fantasy combat, uh, basketball combat, combat has been actually been doing pretty well. Uh, and I appreciate you listeners and uh, readers that give me the ideas of putting these type of players together and, um, you know, working on Chapter 3 that's going to be released this Wednesday – and uh, the next two people up is going to be uh, uh, one of my guys that I, <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not a Ben Simmons guy. So it's Ben Simmons <laughs> is one. Um, and then the past player, Scotty Pippen. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I know I had um, actually someone in my league recommended it. And obviously I've been having a lot of different recommend, uh, recommend recommendations for, from GM. So you guys obviously just – Give me a present-time player now versus a past-time player. I will do it if it seems reasonable. And keep in mind, I'm going to be doing some funny ones too. And I've had some funny ones that's thrown my way that I'm really interested in doing. Uh, But just be on the lookout for Wednesday. And the last Wednesday um, that came out, it was a landslide. I figure it was. It was Kobe versus LeBron. Uh, Who would you actually take in fantasy today? Uh, I'd I'd go LeBron there. Yeah, same. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, I didn't ask the rest of the unicorns, but I'm assuming they probably would have been on the LeBron train. Other than Pat, I think Pat, he has a, a man crush on Kobe. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that's his thing there. But, yeah, to me, Kobe, or uh, excuse me, LeBron, it was an easy win for him in fantasy purposes. So, yeah. obviously, you guys should go. Let, let me say, this uh, this next one has me intrigued, man. You know, uh, Ben Simmons versus Scottie Pippen is is kind of a – kind of threw me off i didn't expect something like that you know you got the obvious matchups like like a russell westbrook versus oscar robertson like people always talk about or something like that but this one this one's really interesting you know i i can't i can't wait to see what what you spice up here because uh that's that 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 has me intrigued i appreciate it and i'm be honest with you this it was already mentally in my mind because you like i say to you and like everybody else knows like i'm not a ben simmons guy but in fantasy i i put my feelings away on how I feel about players. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be a difficult one, but I have the idea who would win. So, you know, just keep on lookout for that Wednesday. And, um, you know, one more thing that I want to mention also again to you uh, or to you guys, you listeners, uh, that the 30-man – and, you know, me and Doc can kind of run it by with you guys. So there's going to be a 30-man, just to reiterate with you guys, a 30-man free competitive league, and there's going to be a 30-man uh, buy-in league. Um, did you want to touch base on that at all there, Doc? Uh, I'll, I'll just say, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to, to, to playing with some of the listeners and some of the, some of the, 
followers of us and uh, getting to know them a little better and seeing what their their fantasy strategy is like. You know, y'all y'all can't come to us for help anymore when it when it comes to our <laughs> league. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once you're in there, yeah, yeah. When especially if you got players, I'm gonna look at your team. If I have the time and be like, oh, he's in that league with me, and like, nah, I'm probably not gonna. <laughs> and it's gonna be hard because I'm so used to like answering quick questions. So maybe, maybe I might do reverse psychology and be like, hey, that would be good if you did this. But right. It would really be bad for you. Right. So, <laughs> so with that being said, um, you know that's that's my part, and I'm gonna pass the ball to Doc. You want to touch up on uh, your your upcoming article or anything else, man? Yeah, I'll touch on my my article real quick. You know, I'll try to be relatively brief because I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier but you know my new article coming out very soon is about seven rookies I'm trying to acquire in dynasty leagues right now you know before they break out and it becomes too little too late you know and even just even for redraft leaguers you can you can use this as a tool to scout out youngsters for next year's draft that you can draft in you know the mid to late rounds of your draft something like that now I'm not talking about the obvious big names like Luca Aiton or even Triple J, you know, it's more about the guys that aren't, that are not standardly relevant right now. It's the players who, you know, I, I think will be standard league relevant soon. Uh, I even mentioned two of them earlier in Jalen Brunson um, and Kevin Werder. Um, I, I guess you could say they're my guys, uh, mm. but, but yeah, I don't want to spill all the beans here. So just be on the lookout for that. Uh, I think it'll be a, a really helpful tool, especially for you dynasty fiends out there. Awesome, awesome. And then we're going to just touch up on, like, uh, Mike streaming. Obviously, he's been nailing it, you know, with his streaming. He gives you guys that, that flexibility of how many quality games from a, a player to stream for that week. And also, Kevin, that you know, brought a waiver wire article that's even dynasty driven with a redraft flavor so just make sure that you guys check out those articles and then look out for jesse to bring you know as time progresses on uh dfs content and obviously like in the fantasy combat series that i put together you know pat he helps me out big time on that with the with the obviously the clip art where we try to make it look like a comic slash video game look to, to the to the listeners and the readers eyes so we appreciate pat's um you know his, his artwork and obviously what he does for uh, Doc and everybody else and um, for the unicorns. And obviously he's a unicorn himself. So with that being said, we're going to jump into uh, section four, just to give you guys a, you know, a couple of listener questions here. So this is two questions, uh, two questions, two shots. So this is a 20 man league, uh, two IR spots. And uh, he asked, you know, how's my pun assist team look? His roster consists of Josh Richardson Matthew Brogdon, uh, Jeff Lamb, uh, Garrett Temple, Clint Capella, Triple J, Cody Zeller, T- oh, Tyus Jones, Mikael Bridges, MKG, uh, Mur- D. Murray from uh, San Antonio, and uh, Nance, Larry Nance. So, how's my pun assist team look? Doesn't look too bad there, brother. And you asked kind of what moves you should make. Um, for me... I, I'm not really a Jeff Lamb guy, but I mean, he's been, he's been a good player um, this year. He's, he's, he's proved me wrong. So for me, he's a sell high package him with uh, a player like maybe Nance and see if you can squeeze maybe a top 40 ish player. If you can, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but at least try that and put your, um, put your fillers out on see what happens. So doc, you know, what's how you feel about his uh, punt assist team. Look, you know, I, I pretty much like it. I, I see 
this person has a lot of the players from the pun assists uh, section of my recent punning article. So, you know, thanks oh. for checking that out if you did. Um, <laughs> it, it looks great for the most part for me. Um, the one thing I might change would be to move Tyus Jones for something else because, okay. you know, assists are one of the very few categories that he actually contributes to. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, okay. he loses a lot of value without if you're punting assists. You know, right now he's just inside the top 200. But if you're punting assist, he falls uh, to rank 232. So in a deep league like this one, you should be able to trade Tyus for another top 200 type player who fits your build a, a bit better. Um, in standard size leagues, he, he's not even on the radar. But in a league this deep, he holds, you know, he holds enough value to have some kind of trade value. Besides that, it, it doesn't look too bad at all. Awesome. Yeah, we, we covered him. We got him, got his two shots in. So there was actually a bonus question um, here that I wanted to throw in uh, from a, a listener as well. So he said, uh, in Dynasty, and this is before the rumors came out on DSJ, keep keep in mind. He said, in Dynasty, I was offered DSJ for Fultz. Would you do that? So he was offered DSJ for Fultz. So he's probably got Fultz stashed on IR right now or something like that. Um, yeah, you got it. Oh, man, you know, to me, it comes down to their floors. And Dennis Smith Jr., while he may not turn into what we exactly thought he might be, he his floor is a little more reliable than Fultz because Fultz, we don't know what the heck he's going to end up being. You know, he, he might not even end up being a standard league guy. So, <laughs> but, but, his, but Fultz's ceiling might be a little bit better. So, oh, man, I'd go – I'd say if you need – production this season you know a little bit of end of roster type production this season I, i'd go i'd go dsj otherwise i might just take a shot on Fultz and, and 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 see what what he end up what he could end up end up being nice i'm glad we i'm glad that me and you don't agree on everything man it, it's that's pretty good um for me it's a little different i actually have uh but in that but what you said it makes sense too because i i honestly feel like Fultz. He secretly seems like he has that tantalizing upside. You just never know yeah. with him, right? But for me, I'm going to go DSJ in the redraft and Dynasty League. I just don't want to deal with that headache, man. That To me right there, that might be the highest um, buy low that you – or sell high, however you want to put it for that, for, for DSJ or for folks. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm taking DSJ on that, but no, what you said also makes sense. It, it it's really almost a coin flip, but for me, I feel more comfortable on the DSJ side. So, with that being said, uh, we're going to close up shop here, and uh, we're going to get our uh, basically our our two second balls in our hands because uh, you know it's clutch time. We want to take the last shot, and uh, I'm not going to. I'll try to hold the ball and give you a little time and kind of think myself. Wow! So my clutch shot of the night. It seems like a boring one, but I, I still gotta feed it to uh, you guys. Uh, don't don't take don't take mine, man. Don't take mine. <laughs> it, it can't be the same. There's no no ways no ways fear the beard. It can't be. Oh man, <laughs> it was. <laughs> this man has fifty seven points. Oh my gosh! And it's what? Gosh, one minute left in thirteen seconds, or in in the fourth quarter, Houston up one twelve to ninety against Memphis. Fifty seven points, nine rebounds, two assists, one block, two steals. And I'm going to tell you this real quick right now because we – oh, yeah, we got a little bit more time to burn, so we can we can hog this up a little bit more. Um, so, for me, in a redraft league, because I know a lot of listeners do redraft leagues, which is fine. We do – unicorns do them too. 
but we're more dynasty driven. Now, one thing it was hard in rankings. So, okay, let's let me ask you this, Doc, and we can kind of pass the ball back and forth here. So, in the redraft league, like before all this happened, what he's doing now in the beginning of this year, we probably felt like maybe the consensus number one pick was what? Brow, you think first pick redraft league? Yeah, you think? Yeah, I think. Okay, my for me, I wanted Harden so bad. I, you know, I wanted Brow number one. Harden was number two for me, but just to be honest. You know, because I'm not saying like I nailed it. I'm not saying that. But who would have been number two, in, at least in your eyesight, after Brown in the redraft league if you would have started before the season season started? Oh, it still would have been James Harden for me. It would have been know, I, I, okay. I, I, like, I like to get cute sometimes, but but it it have been hard to pass up Harden for me at number two. Okay, no, that's good. That's great because I know it could have been what Giannis. It could have been KD. It could have been um. Towns. It could have yeah. been a lot of different players at you know th- between those spots. And just like you said, I don't try to get cute. Now I will say this, and I'll 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 eat my crows. Like I don't know what league it was, but I did get cute and picked up John or John Donovan Mitchell in a league like in like the middle second round. Yeah. And you know I got cute, and that's that's what I get, and that's not typically my style. I like to get good players, spicy players, but also productive players. I don't like to get. I'll get if I get cute like how you mentioned. I'll get cute in like the mid later rounds. That's a little different. Yeah. But that's for another episode. Um. So with that being said, um, I'm gonna pass you the ball. Do you have a clutch shot for the listeners tonight, there, Doc? I do. If I could, if I could throw two quick ones out there, actually. Oh uh, yeah. I'll, I'll mention on the Grizzlies real quick because uh, we mentioned them earlier with Kyle Anderson's injury. It looks like Justin Holiday only played less than 14 minutes, and he only finished with one point, one rebound, and nothing else. So. He kind of struggled, but Garrett Temple did play 34 minutes and had 14 points, three rebounds, and three assists on a really good field goal percentage. So, you know, that's that's score one tally in the Garrett Temple column. So we'll see what happens after a couple more games. Um, and one more I'll take real quick. Actually, switching to college basketball here because Syracuse just upset Duke tonight. Um, so that's kind of a clutch shot, but I just wanted to touch on real quick. It looks like the Syracuse coach, Jim Beheim, may have peed his pants during the game. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just looking at it on a, on Bleacher Report, and man. <laughs> what, to get, a t- to get a timeout when they didn't have any or something? <laughs> that's not like a Jason Kidd moment. Yeah, yeah, right, run, right. run into me. So, <laughs> he must have got real excited about defeating, you know, one of the best teams <laughs> in the nation. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me say this also, because I'll, I'll say this. I appreciate you, Doc, even. And I appreciate everybody that I know that nobody came to me and rubbed that Dallas lost in my face. I'm surprised nobody came out of the blue and said that. <laughs> but good job to your Saints, though. I know you're happy. Bro. Oh, yeah. We were struggling in the beginning, but they pulled it off. And then we got to face the Rams. So we'll see. Awesome. So I'll take one more last clutch shot is my boy uh, D'Angelo Russell, 34 points, five rebounds, seven assists tonight because we're recording while games are going on. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, And and, Um, and I'm sorry, real quick. uh, The reason I I was going to mention Harden earlier, too, is because um, I saw that he actually broke Kobe's record of uh, of most uh, 30 point game games in a row he broke kobe's streak of 17 straight and i guess that means harden has 18 straight now so you know good for the beard yeah man fear the beard that's one of my original guys for sure so with that being said guys we appreciate you listeners um 
Make sure you follow me uh, on my Twitter handle at Starks underscore industry. I'm the guy with the Iron Man avatar. You can also find me on uh, Instagram, fantasy unicorns underscore Starks. Uh, Doc, uh, where can they find you at, brother? Yeah, follow me at fantasy NBA layup. Awesome. So with that being said, guys, have a good night and take a ride. Later.